Hello and welcome to this week's Unreported World podcast. I'm Krishnan Guru Murthy. This week, reporter Jonathan Miller travels to Indonesia, the fastest growing cigarette market in the world. Here he meets a six-year-old child addicted to cigarettes in a country where big tobacco companies are virtually unregulated. Welcome to where the flavour is, Indonesia, the country that's smoking itself to death. And in a corner of Java, the most populous island on earth, a phenomenon which anywhere else in the world would be considered grotesque. So we're on the outskirts of this uh, East Javanese city called Malang, and we've come Oh, to see a child. He's called Maulana Susanto. He likes playing football and smoking cigarettes. How many a day? Two. Do you want to stop smoking? It's not good. Maulana is six. When did he start smoking? Since he was two. Two years old? Ages ago he smoked a pack a day. Now he goes to school, just one or two cigarettes are enough. Have you been trying to help him stop? Yes, I want him to stop, but no one comes to help me. The cigarettes Maulana smokes have three times the tar yield of the strongest on sale in Britain. There is no minimum age here for buying cigarettes. There's almost no education about how bad they are for you. Indonesia is tobacco's wild east, where the Marlboro cowboy rides on. A glimpse of a country with few regulations. Cigarette advertising is everywhere. It's literally every direction you look. Down that way, trees lined with cigarette ads. Up there, a huge Dunhill ad. And over there, over my shoulder, there's an ad with what looks like a dad and his two teenage sons tucking into some rather delicious-looking chocolate cakes. It says in Indonesian, manpatnya pas, it means the perfect taste. But you know what? That ad is advertising cigarettes, some porna. And right next to it, another ad, this time for Jarum. It's sponsoring a rock concert at the local Malang University. And it's not just concerts. Cigarette companies sponsor football, badminton, cycling and adventure sports. Indonesia is the world's fastest growing cigarette market. 90 million smokers and rising. And the proportion of children among them is growing too. It's a health time bomb. In a Jakarta respiratory hospital, a 36-year-old rice farmer called Supriyatno is dying from lung cancer. Like most of the men in his village, he started smoking when he was a teenager. 
Can you tell me how you came to start smoking and how this happened to you? Supriyatno was too weak to answer my question. He asked his wife to speak on his behalf. Well, yes, everyone around us smokes. The majority of the people in the village smoke. It's the same in the family. Our father smokes. I have to help him until he's better, so that he has the strength to face this illness because the children are waiting for him at home. You know, I think for people who've never smoked, it is perhaps a little difficult to feel sympathy for people like Supriyatno who, through their toxic habit, have self-inflicted suffering like this. But Indonesia is just different. Right across this archipelago, millions of people are continuing to smoke because of highly targeted, highly sophisticated advertising and sponsorship campaigns. Smoking-related diseases are killing 200,000 Indonesians a year, and the numbers are rising. More than two-thirds of Indonesian men smoke. Just a few years ago, Fuad Baraja was the star of a comedy series on national TV. He's an ex-smoker, and alarmed by Indonesia's smoking pandemic, he's made it his mission to stop children getting hooked. School talks like this are completely new to Indonesia. Who has tried a cigarette? Even just one puff. Come on, be honest. If you smoke and want free therapy now, come up to the front quickly. Fuad has just asked the children how many of them want to stop, and about a dozen or so have just stood up. Fikri is 12. He smokes half a pack of a lung-busting brand, Jarum Super, a day. Now Fikri says he wants to quit. Fuad Baraja combines an established technique involving the tapping of pressure points with aversion therapy. Tastes bitter again. Not nice. Not nice. Fuad makes the children chain smoke. Some feel sick. For the last time, go on, take it in, deeper. Finish. How does the cigarette taste? Tastes bad. So it's like this. This cigarette will always taste bad for you. It seems tough on them, but Fouad believes his cure works. Fikri says he smokes Jaram Super because he likes their ads on TV, which are famed throughout Indonesia. So what is it about Jaram Super ads that makes them cool? It's cool, it's hip. The whole thing is really stylish. The actors are very cool. They make me look cool. Along with Zimbabwe, Indonesia is one of the few countries in the world which still permits cigarette adverts on television. 
Tino Sarungalo produces big-budget ad campaigns for Jarum, the adverts that Fikri was hooked on. A lot of post-production as well, as my yeah. presume, yeah? I haven't finished. I make, we're going to come out with, like, nine versions. Last year, tobacco companies spent £142 million on advertising in Indonesia. I get the sense of no expense spared for this. That's incredible. Oh, the three boys are crazy. They're just crazy guys. You started when you were eight. Yeah. Does it bother you when you see really young kids in, in Indonesia smoking? Oh, well, I will go to them. I said, I mean, try not to. It's your choice. If you're going to be dying because of, of your lung problem, you know exactly you're going to be so dying. So if another eight-year-old in Indonesia in 2012 starts smoking because they've seen one of your Jaramads, mm -hmm. that's not your problem. Not at all. It's the, the parents should be involved. The cigarette firms insist that it's young adults they're targeting. But the reality is that the same slick, exciting ads seduce children too. A tobacco industry insider agreed to meet me. He confirmed that the big cigarette companies aggressively target young adult smokers. He told me Western tobacco giants Philip Morris and British American Tobacco, which bought Indonesian cigarette companies, are now milking a cash cow. Philip Morris says remarkable sales growth in Indonesia has helped offset a substantial decline in European sales. Vast cigarette billboards stand sentinel along Jakarta's highways. You cannot get away from the message, day or night. I was invited for curry with TV star turned anti-tobacco campaigner Fuad Baraja and his family. Why do you do what you do now? Why did you make the change from acting and singing to, to, to not smoking? smoking control? Yeah. yeah. Because I realized that the smoking problem in Indonesia is because of lack of information to the people. Because I have the information, so I, I, I feel that I have to make them know. And, and what do you feel about your dad doing this work? I mean, before he was famous as an actor, and now he's just focusing on this one thing. I'm proud of you. An hour's flight to the east, and you're deep in tobacco country. Around here, children aren't just smoking tobacco, they're producing it too. Village tobacco cooperatives feed the voracious appetite of the big cigarette firms. Tobacco is as crucial to the Indonesian economy as the entire financial sector is to Britain's. Tobacco provides 10 million jobs and 10% of national income. No school today, no. Morning only, yeah? It's nothing out of the ordinary to see children working on farms here. The trouble is, tobacco is no ordinary crop. So this is Supriyadi. He's 12 years old. And, like his other teenage brothers and his dad, he's out here in these fields harvesting tobacco and earning about £1.50 for four hours' work. 
Green tobacco is dangerous stuff. Toxins are absorbed through the skin and workers can suffer acute nicotine poisoning. The children in this village aren't just working in the tobacco fields. These two little 11-year-old girls, Jum and Mita, still in their school uniforms here, have come back and they're sorting out the green leaf. But Arif and Penny, the local tobacco buyer, told me many of the villagers in this part of East Java depend on tobacco for a living. I'm a wholesale buyer. My aim is to make a profit. I buy from local farmers and then send it to the warehouses in Probolingo. He said some of the tobacco harvested by these children went straight to a company owned by a British firm headquartered in London. Well, that's quite interesting. What he's just done is list the companies to which he sells the tobacco in the local town of Promolingo. And among them, Bentuel, which is owned by British American Tobacco. So when you sell the tobacco to these companies, it comes directly from this village through you into their warehouses. Sometimes I go to the farmers to collect tobacco. Sometimes they come to me to sell their tobacco and then I take it straight to the warehouses. I thought the big companies were quite careful about not employing children. In the factories, yes. Regulations for child workers don't exist here, and the factories don't know about child labour here. The regulations for the warehouses don't apply here. Regulations for children working here don't exist, the regulations are for the warehouse. Only the best leaves go to British American tobacco, he told me. Their representatives visit this and other villages to inspect crops prior to delivery to the warehouses, he said. We wanted to talk to British American tobacco at their local headquarters in Malang. They refused to meet us, but gave us a written statement instead. We invited British American Tobacco to... Why? This is not private. On its website, British American Tobacco claims to be working hard to root out child labour. And in its statement to us, the company said its representatives are always encouraged to tell farmers what BAT policy is on child workers. But there's no one to police what goes on on the farms. And the UN's International Labour Organization says child labour remains common in Indonesia's tobacco fields. OK, so we had wanted to represent what BAT was saying to us uh, by email uh, in response to the allegations about child labour being used. They've said quite a lot to us, but we've been stopped from filming. We do not have any child labour here. Yeah. We do not have any child labour here, so you can film outside our area. We were asked to cross the road before presenting British American Tobacco's statement on camera. Its mentor group said that it did not employ any child labour, either directly or indirectly, and that it was actively involved in programmes to prevent the exploited abuse of child labour in leaf-growing areas. Fuad Baraja is determined to turn the tide against big tobacco. Students have asked him to lead a protest march. Today, at the Jakarta Convention Center, there is a misguided exhibition, an exhibition of weapons of mass destruction, an exhibition of national killing machines. They're heading towards a huge tobacco industry trade fair in Jakarta called WTA, World Tobacco Asia. Hey,
They have gathered here to strangle our children. The international exhibitors at the trade fair sell machinery and expertise to the tobacco industry. To the activists, these foreign companies are the new colonialists. Demolish, demolish. Well, the full-scale assault on the gates there, they're saying, kick these companies out. They're saying, this country does not belong to Sanfona or British American Tobacco or Philip Morris, it's our country, it's Indonesia. Let us in. The protesters themselves have now managed to break through the doors and are on the outside of the convention area. Security was momentarily overwhelmed. The protesters were now just yards from the trade fair delegates on the far side of the doors. After a tense standoff, the chairman of the British company staging the trade fair made a statement. We do not encroach one cigarette being sold in Indonesia, not one. We have taken the decision after this exhibition that we will not hold a world tobacco show in Jakarta again. I want you to look carefully at your actions because you are the young of Indonesia. And if you think that this is the way to run your country in the future by bullying people, I am very concerned for you because this is not democratic. The students demanded that Keith Harris, the chairman of the British company, sign a pledge that he won't ever bring the tobacco trade fair back to Indonesia again. Mr Harris has, has given his word that we will not be holding the WTA exhibition here again. Okay. So you've won... Uh, and so, but I might actually take that back. Do you know why? Because I'm so angry with your attitude. I might actually change that. And what, how do I do that? I bring more force in. The students were furious he'd threatened to break his word. Do you know how many, you know how many underage children are smoking in Indonesia these days? One percent of the population. Well, I sense this frustration from them because you said one thing in there and seemed to say another thing here. I, actually, I might because why should I be coerced? I did that, yes? Because I thought, right, commercially this is not up. If we didn't do this show, somebody else would be doing it. Do you understand that this is a commercial situation? It's, it's, that's what happens. But what should, what, who they should be talking to is the government. How can I stop a rural farm in Bali smoking? Indonesia's new health minister, Dr. Nafsia Mboy, wants to end what she sees as her government's dependence on the tobacco industry. The battle lines have been drawn. I think, first of all, we, let's say from the government, have lost. It is the, the tobacco industry who have used all their skills, their resources, everything, to get hold of these kids. Tobacco companies have always denied this. Indonesia's among a handful of countries not to have signed the UN Tobacco Control Agreement that restricts the marketing of cigarettes. So what is stopping you from actually just signing the UN framework? In the past, it, politically, it was very difficult because a lot of people in the government said we should not stop this because of the revenues. We got the revenues from tobacco tax, 
we are providing, or they are providing uh, employment for so many million people. You're going to be very unpopular if you take away jobs and dent the economy now. So what? People who started smoking between five and nine years of age, this size, has increased sevenfold. It's a sin. Why are they protecting the, the tobacco industry when they know that so many young kids become the victims? Dr. Nafsia Mboy was visiting terminally ill patients in the respiratory hospital, including Supriyatno, the rice farmer with lung cancer. When you go home, send the message that smoking is no good. God willing, I shall. Not only should you stop smoking, but no children should start. She chided him gently for having smoked for so long, but she knows Supriyatno is dying of ignorance. The minister might be determined, but the cabinet's reportedly split on the issue of signing the UN tobacco agreement. One side is concerned about the financial health of the nation, the other, its physical health. We returned to tobacco country, where children commonly pick, sort and smoke it. This time we brought Fuad. We told him about Maulana, the six-year-old smoker from Malang. Do you know who I am? Yeah, I saw you on TV. Oh my God, it's Mr Fuad. Maulana. But Maulana doesn't respond like most of Fuad's patients. He actually just seems quite happy sitting there smoking his strong cigarette. Which, to Fuad's horror, he proceeds to wash down with a strong cup of Javanese coffee. So, what do you reckon? Can you help him? I tried three or four times, yeah. He said that does it affect anything? I mean, the taste of cigarette is same, still same. My heart filled with sorrow, and how a small boy like this starts smoking. And, but that's why I come here far away, just to help to help him quit. But it's little need more patient. Yeah, must be patient. It wasn't a wasted trip, though. Villagers who'd watched Fuad with Maulana wanted him to help them quit too. Fuad has sent out a signal here today, and that is that people in Maulana's family and his village seem to understand that it's really not cool to have a six-year-old boy smoking, and that smoking isn't very good for you. It's a very, very small victory in what will be a very, very long war. We'll do it once more, yeah? We'll try again in 10 minutes. If you've enjoyed this week's Unreported World podcast and want to further explore the internationally available programme archive, visit the website at channel4.com slash unreportedworld. Here you'll also find information on how to join us on Twitter and Facebook, feature articles, video extras and more. 
On next week's podcast, Shay Rhodes is in Dominica reporting on the young baseball prospects who leave school at 14 or even 12 to train full-time in makeshift academies. For now, from me, Krishnan Guru Murthy, goodbye. <laughs>